I pray that the Lord is meeting with you wherever you are at this time. We love you. And the Lord loves you. And I'm so thankful just for this time. I'm thankful for this opportunity to be here and to worship our God, to open His Word. He feeds us from His Word. His Word is our meat. His Word is our bread. And He feeds us by it. Amen. He says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And Lord, we want to live by Your Word this today in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you would open with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4, verse 16. Matthew 4, verse 16. I don't know that this message is going to be very, uh, maybe not unusually long. I don't believe it is, but it's the word that God's given me for this hour and for this time. And so I'm just trusting Him to bless it. Amen. I know He's faithful. Matthew 4, verse 16. And this is a fulfillment of prophecy from Isaiah chapter 9. It's repeated because Jesus fulfilled so many prophecies, prophecies at His first coming. But he says, it says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 16, this is after Jesus was tempted by Satan in the wilderness and then He returns in power and glory and defeated Satan uh, through the Word of God and by faith. It says, The people which sat in darkness saw great light and to them which sat in the region of the shadow and shadow of death, light is sprung up. And that word light here is not just any old light. It's not just like, like we would turn on a light switch and there's a certain amount of light. The, the word light here means to make manifest. It means to shine. It means uh, to illuminate. And it's speaking of absolute light, like a purity. And it's the opposite of darkness. And this is obviously speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ. This light is the light, the light of the world. And the Bible tells us right here that Jesus Christ fulfilled this at his first coming. And, and the people that were in the, in the darkness and the people that were in the, the shadow of death, unto those people, light sprung up. And it sprung up in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. It sprung up in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wherever God is, wherever He manifests him, His presence, whether it's by His Spirit in a group of His people, what, whatever it may be, the, through the preaching of the Gospel, through His first coming, He is going to uh, dispel the darkness. The presence of the Lord brings light and it brings life. And so this is not... Uh, my light. This is this light is the light of Christ. This is uh, whatever whatever uh, makes manifest is light. The Bible says, and Christ makes manifest when He comes, and He can come through a believer because He lives inside of us. But the the, the sense of of Christ coming onto the scene, Christ coming into the house, come Christ coming into the tragedy, Christ coming into the problem. Uh, he brings. He manifests light and the light is greater than the darkness and the darkness is dispelled. The Lord Jesus Christ alone shines into darkness. There's no other light that does that. The type of darkness that we're speaking about. We're not talking about a bright light on a dark night. We're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ in a spiritually dark uh, situation, a spiritually dark world, uh, a spiritually dark world. Uh, uh, in times that we're living in, death and the shadow of death that's described there, that's the darkness that Christ comes to dispel. 
He alone can do that. He exposes sin by His coming. He illuminates the hearts of men. He already knows what's in it, but he, by His coming and by His Word being brought to bear on that life, there, there is a conviction and He exposes what may have been unknown before and hidden to everybody else, even to the individual. Christ coming and Christ coming through His Word and by the power of the Holy Ghost is going to manifest that whatever makes manifest is light and Christ is what makes manifest. Amen? You and I are living in a time of great spiritual darkness. You and I are living in a time of the end. The end which, which the Bible speaks of. That, that type of end. Not some uh, doom and gloom about people that have some kind of preconceived idea about the end of the world and maybe, maybe global warming or, or something like that. We're, we're living in the time that the Bible says is, is the end times. It's not the end of all time. It's the end times. It's the times that culminates with the, the second coming of the Lord. He already came once and He died on the cross for the sins of the world. He rose again in power. He, he is seated at the right hand of the Father now. He is going to rapture His church and then He's going to come again at the end of the tribulation period. But we are living in these days that the Bible calls the latter days, the last days, the end times. That is the time in which we live. And it is a time that the Bible speaks of where the Lord is going to rapture His church. The body of Christ will be taken out. But it is a time when darkness is increasing. Now that is not for you and I to fear. That is for you and I to say that is the time in which we're living. We look at the Bible and the Lord told us it would be this way. If it weren't this way, then we would be concerned. Because we know we're living in the last days. I'm not saying the Lord's coming tomorrow. I am saying He could come and rapture His church tomorrow. We are living in what the Bible calls the last days. And in these last days, one of the major characteristics of the world, the whole world, is that darkness is increasing. And it's nothing to do with the physical light. It has everything to do with spiritual darkness. A spiritual darkness. An unbelief a hatred, an antagonism against the, the things of God and the people of God and against Christ, an increase of the kingdom of darkness, which the God of this world, Satan, is, is the, the king of that, the prince of the power of the air. And God has uh, foretold and spoken in His Word that uh, if any man would, would listen, that this is what it's going to be like in the end times. It's not left for us to just figure, figure it all out. He's given us His Word. Amen? And He's given us the end of the book. And we know where we stand. Now why am I saying all that today? This is not necessarily just the end times message. This is a message where, where God would have us understand the time in which we live and what is going on on the earth. What is going on in our city? What is going on in our families, with our job, and our communities, in the hospitals? What's happening? What is going on right now? And the Lord has, has given us His Word. Amen? And so He has told us that in the midst of all of this that's going on, that, that He is the light of the world. And He wants us to know that. He wants us to know He's the light of the world. He wants us to know that He's the light that shines in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. He's still that light. 
Amen? He's still that God. He's still that Savior. He wants us to know that and, and uh, the light was manifest. In Him was life. And the light, the light was the light of men. This absolute light, as I said, is the opposite of darkness. Therefore, Christ is, is manifest most greatly. Think about it. Christ is mo manifest most greatly when the darkness is the greatest. Christ can be seen more clearly and absolute light can be seen and, and is evident and evidence more in the, with the backdrop and the background of the greatest darkness. So it is an exciting time in which we live. Morally speaking, spiritually speaking, the, the things that are happening in the world, uh, there are earthquakes, there are diseases. We say there's always been that. Yes, there have. But the Bible says this will be a characteristic of the end time. There's always been all of these things. There's been wars and rumors of wars. There's been uh, pestilences and things like that. But it, it all increases. It's like it's speeding up. It's like a snowball effect going down the hill and picking up steam. But as the darkness increases, Christ, the Son of God, He shines the brightest against that backdrop. Amen? The absolute darkest night of your life, maybe just individually, you know, not just in times thinking, you're, the absolute darkest night of your life is when the Lord Jesus Christ shines the brightest. He's not, he has no problem with it. And wherever He comes, we'll say, that's pretty dark. I don't know if He could dispel that. When the Lord Jesus Christ comes on the scene, when He comes into your heart, when He comes into your mind, when He speaks to you and comforts you and says, thus saith the Lord, I've got you in the palm of my hands. When God speaks to us and that we believe and lay hold on Him, He has no problem shining in the darkest night of all. In fact, He shines brightest against that darkest night. When sin is the greatest, when men and mankind are at their absolute worst, when times are most desperate, when sickness and pestilence is spreading, when, and casting a, a shadow of death, there is a darkness to that. It's the, the sickness and the pestilence casting a shadow of death. Men are afraid. Conditions are most dire. And it's at these times when all hope seems gone, this is when Christ the Lord comes in. This is when He, he manifests Himself. This is when His light shines. This is when He saves. This is when He heals. And this is when we need to believe Him to do those things. Amen? This is when He manifests His light and His life and He dispels the darkness of sin and death. This is when He does it. He does it when the darkness is greatest. It was when... Israel was at such a low point and all hope seemed gone that He came the first time. It was when the widow at Nain's woman, his son had died and they were burying him away in a coffin that the Lord Jesus came upon the scene. It was when Lazarus was dead and been to the grave for four days and his body was decaying that the Lord, that light came and shined in the darkness and the shadow of death was dispelled. He has no difficulty in that. That's when He comes. He's not hindered by the darkness. He is not limited or barred or forbidden 
by the pervading darkness that abounds in our day, He is the light of the world. The Bible says where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. The Bible says that the light shined in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. That means that the darkness could not overcome it. That means the dark, darkness had no remedy against this light. The light fully dispelled it. Pure light, the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. He comes onto the scene. We're living in dark times now. We're living in, immoral, in morally dark times. We are living in the end days. And it's going to get darker before, before the dawn. I believe the darkest time of the night is the few minutes in the, in the, right before the sun comes up. The coldest time of the, of the day or night is those few moments right before the sun comes up. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.14, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. I don't believe that's just for a lost person. In fact, I believe it's, it's aimed at believers. He's saying, Awake thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, that death sleep of, of faithlessness, or dead to God or to the things of God, and Christ shall give thee light. He wants His people to walk in light. So we're living in, right now with this coronavirus, we're living in a what could be called a modern day plague. And I'm, I'm not at all an alarmist. I'm not saying it's going to be a modern day plague. I'm not wishing for that. In fact, I'm praying for God's mercy and praying against that. But we're living in what could be a modern day plague type situation. But this is uncharted waters for all of us. We have to say that. Even, even if it never manifests to be as severe, and I pray that it does not, but even if it does not ever manifest itself like the worst case scenarios of the spread of this virus, it still is uncharted waters for us. This is, I would say for the whole world. People in, in our generation have not lived through something like this where the whole nation may be quarantined to their homes, where the whole nation is told, the whole country don't gather in gatherings of more than 10 people. Where it's uncharted waters for us, for men on the earth. But do you know that God can use this? Absolutely, the Lord God can use this for His glory and He wants to. I need to align my mind and my heart and myself with the Lord Jesus Christ and see that He has a purpose in this. He doesn't just fling some wrath out and then turn the other way and doesn't care what happens. If, if there's some judgment of God, if there's a sickness or whatever it may be, or dark times, the Lord is allowing it to happen. He, in the midst of it, wants to be glorified. He wants to show Himself mighty as God, as Savior, as Healer, as Deliverer. God can use this for His glory. And we ought to want that. And we ought to be looking for that in our church, in our day, in our individual lives. God can use it to bring men to Christ. God can use the, all the circumstances, the sickness itself and all the fear and all the ramifications surrounding the sickness itself, God can use it to bring men to Christ. God can use it to expose and reveal the darkness that is in men's heart. You say, well, how can a sickness do that? It's amazing what a sickness can do, and I would say even greater than sickness, what fear can do. A lot of people... Are, uh, are very confident. They're confident in themselves. In themselves, they're confident in their bank account. They're confident in their 
their health. They're confident in their standing in life and in their friends and their position of life. And it takes it takes something out of the ordinary to put some fear in them, to make them feel small, to make them feel helpless, to make them feel that there is something you're not in control of. Now, we know that from the word of God. We understand God's in control of everything, but a lost man doesn't typically see that. And so I'm saying that God can use this. I don't wish this on anybody. I'm simply saying that God can use these circumstances and the fear to bring, to expose the darkness that's in men's hearts, to show them their, themselves. He already knows what's in the heart of men, but to show men their own hearts. And He can use it to, to bring men to Christ. Praise God. I would say that I don't know. I haven't talked to that many people. And I think we're still in the, the beginning stages of whatever's going to happen with all of this. But I know that it's not a stretch to say that people are afraid. To make that blanket statement, I don't think is, is going too far at all. People are afraid. People will be afraid. People that may not be afraid today may be afraid tomorrow. Okay? It, this is bringing fear. And it's... And at times like this, when people are afraid, like really afraid, not somebody jumped out you know, from behind the corner and, and, and played a trick on them, and they were afraid for two seconds, but a fear that comes because of, you know, you watch the media and you watch what's going on and you listen to social media and you think, wow, this could really happen. This could really be this bad and so forth. And there's a fear that, that's deep down that people can experience. And I believe that people will think things when they're really afraid that they wouldn't normally think. They'll think about doing things that they wouldn't normally think about doing or do. And they may end up doing things or acting in ways when they're very afraid that they would not normally act in, in other times, in what we would call normal day-to-day -day life, uh, times of less pressure, times of less fear, um, or maybe they're fending for themselves, maybe they're fending for their families, or they feel like they have to. And it's going to bring out some things in people's lives. And I pray that for a believer, every single one that's born again, I pray we bring out Christ. I pray we bring out the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray we bring out the love of the Savior. I pray we bring out faith. It's like when the disciples were on the boat and Jesus was sleeping on the bottom of the boat and there was a huge storm and, and these men literally, literally thought they were going to drown and die. Uh, the waves were coming over the boat and uh, they, they couldn't fight against it. And Jesus rebuked the waves and then He rebuked them for their lack of faith. He was sleeping. He was fine. Jesus was not fearful. And He asked them, Where, why did you doubt? Where is your faith? He said, oh, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? And I would say that of myself. I pray that what would come out of me, I pray that what would come out of you, I pray that what would come out of every child of God, whether they're part of this fellowship or not, would be faith in Almighty God. Not a pretense where we paint on a smile and say, I'm doing great and everything's great. God's in control. But I pray we would say that. But I pray we would believe that. I pray that would be deep down in our hearts, and in our minds because God would root it there in us by faith. And so this darkness and this, this 
possibly this sickness, this virus and the spread of it and the fear of it and fear of, you know, economic fear and everything that goes with it. It can, it's, I, have, I truly believe it's going to be used to expose and reveal what's in the heart of men and, and that they would see themselves in need of a Savior. Not just in need of a healer or protector from a virus, but a Savior from their sin. And that's what Jesus is and that's what He desires to be in this hour. The Bible says when Judas betrayed the Lord, He went out and it was night. He went out and did what He did at night. There's just something about darkness. And, and there's a darkness that's pervading in our, our land and in these end times. There's a, you know, I just saw it, I felt like with Katrina. I saw it with 9-11. I saw it, there's something that happens. It's like the curtain just dim, comes down a little bit more. The light just dims a little bit more. Not the light of Christ. The, the light of humanity. The light of the world. Something's taking a hit. Something's taking a change. We're getting closer and it's going to get darker and it's going to get darker. This is not gloom and doom. Christ is in us. Amen. The hope of glory. And he, is, he at no point does He leave His people. And at no point does He forsake His people on the earth. No point. But the darkness on the earth is going to increase and it's going to, to get more extreme. And so, y'all, there's always been this separation, a God-ordained separation between, between true light and darkness. It's separated. The two don't blend. The two don't mix. People try to do it. Uh, but the Lord has separated the light from the darkness from the first day of creation. The first act of creation. He said, let there be light. And He separated light from the darkness. And, and He's been separating it ever since. True light, the light of Christ. That's what I'm talking about. Truth in the light of Christ is always completely separated from darkness. There's not intermingling. There's intermingling in our minds and thoughts and in society about what's called truth and what's of Christ and what's not of Christ. But true truth of the Lord Jesus Christ is always completely separated from the darkness. And so, uh, and it's, it, that's an extreme separation. It's totally separated. There's not a blending. And so that, it's never more evident than in times like this. It's never more evidence than when the darkness is, seems to be overwhelming. That's when the light really can be clearly manifest. And it's, it's obvious to say, hey, okay, now I was kind of wondering, is this of God, is this not of God? When the Lord comes on the scene through His Word, by His Spirit, in His presence, He, he separates it. Say, no, here, here it is. And he makes it very clear. This is of God. This is light. These 66 chapters of the Bible, this Holy Spirit, this Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, this truth, the truth in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, this, this is of God in light, and this is not. And He, whatever makes manifest is light. The Lord is the one who makes manifest. And we see it more clearly, as I said at the beginning, against the backdrop of great darkness. And so... Our God, y'all, so I just want to encourage you this morning that our God, even in the midst of the darkness, think about it, our God has saved us. We're born again. Our God has filled us with the Holy Ghost. Our God has commissioned us to serve Him. 
to His service. And He's made us light. And He's sent us out to be light and salt in a dark world. Amen. I want to read this Scripture. We all know it. This is also in Matthew as well. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, putteth it in a secret place, neither under a bushel, but on a candlestick, that they which come in may see the light. I just think that's wonderful. That when Christ is the light of the world. He lives in me. No man in a natural sense would light a candle and then cover it. He sets it in a conspicuous place. He sets it in the most conspicuous place. It says that they which come in. Who's coming into your life? Who's coming into your house? Who's coming into your church? Who's coming into your workplace? Who's coming into the hospital room next to you? Uh, that they which come in may see the light. Not see you, but see the light of Christ in you. That true light. That absolute light. That pure light. And they will see that and they'll recognize that is so different than what they thought was Christianity before. And it's obviously so different than the darkness that they see all around them. This darkness, y'all, in this hour, and this sickness, for example, and this calamity, I would call it a calamity, I would call it a trial. This is not a surprise. This is not a surprise. It, it is to us. This is not a surprise to our Maker. He is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. This is not a surprise to Him. This is not, oh, He had all these plans lined up for the earth and for His people and for Israel and so forth. God all these, all, had all these things lined up and this, this is somehow not part of that plan. That this, this is a change of plans. This is not, uh, not at all that. This is not a matter of Almighty God all of a sudden scrambling for an answer. Okay? Oh my goodness, a coronavirus. I never considered that. I never considered how it would affect people's health. I never considered how quickly it would spread. I never considered how it would affect people's jobs. And, and churches may not be able to gather together for some time period. It's not, we understand it's not like that. This is, this is not a change of plans in which God or His church needs to, to regroup. And let, let's regroup and, and come up with another strategy. We need to rethink this whole thing. And I think a lot of times the church through, through history, and maybe I've been this way as well, we, is reactive where something happens and we want to we regroup and react. But I think God would have us to be proactive in the sense of always living for God. Things are going to happen. He tells us in Matthew 24. I don't believe we'll be part of all of those things. I believe we'll be raptured. But certainly we'll be part of the birth pangs of that before we're raptured. And maybe this is a birth pain that, that's coming on. But this is not, oh, the church needs to rethink its whole strategy or, or how to live for God or how to be holy or what does God want in this hour. God's not scrambling for a solution. He's not wringing His hands Wondering what to do at these because at the last minute conditions have taken an, you know an unexpected turn for the worse, and the Lord that happens to men. That can happen on a military front. That can happen on an economic front. That can happen in just about every area of life where things took a turn for the worse that were unexpected. But it's not unexpected to God. God's not scrambling for the answer. God is the answer. He has the solution. Jesus Christ is the solution. And he didn't just, and I heard this, this phrase before and I liked it. I didn't come up with it, but I like it. 
The cross of Jesus Christ and his death on that cross for the sins of the world was not an ambulance arriving on the scene of an accident. You know, here, here's an accident and we're going to send out the ambulance real quick to get over there responding to this tragedy. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is, was and is the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. It was always part of the Father's plan. He was always part of the Father's plan for sin. In fact, He was always the plan, the Father's plan for sin. And I read this at the beginning, that people which sat in darkness saw great light. That's Jesus. And He fulfilled that when He came. And to them which sat in the region, in the shadow of death, light is sprung up. He wasn't just showing up because there was a need. He was showing up because He was the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And He lives and He lives in us. How do I know He lives in us? Well, the Bible tells us so. We know by the inner witness of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible also tells us ye are the children of light. 1 Thessalonians 5.5 And the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of the darkness. That is not us. So he's saying that you're one or the other. We are children of the light and the children of the day. We are not children of night. We are not children of the darkness. We're children of God. Amen? And we are His, His part of His family, the sons and daughters, daughters of God. And we are His children. Don't be confused. Okay, and I'm going to be bringing this to a close. We're not to be confused. I don't believe that the redeemed of the Lord are to spend our time, I mean this time right now, or really any time, but in light of what's going on with the sickness and so forth. I don't believe that we're to spend our time puzzling over how does the coronavirus fit into prophecy, although I believe it, it certainly could, and I'm not belittling that. I don't believe we're to spend our time just wondering well, how long is it going to last, the sickness? How long will we be quarantined? How long will my kids be out of school? How is it going to affect my job? How bad will it get? How bad is the economy going to take a, a hit and so forth? Those are real concerns. And absolutely, I'm telling you right now, and I want to be the first, God's people should be beseeching Him for these things. Beseeching Him for His mercy beseeching Him in prayer for healings, beseeching Him in prayer for protection, His protection for you, your loved ones, your church, for complete strangers, beseeching the Lord for His provision during this time, that we're not lacking what, what, what we need. We absolutely must be crying out to God, and if the church of God that really knows the Lord is not crying out to Him, then who is? Nobody is, okay? So I'm not saying we shouldn't be. We should be. But I am saying this, when I say that, that the church of Christ should not be confused, this is what I mean. There should be no confusion or uncertainty as to what we should be doing as children of God in this hour. He's already told us. I don't have to have a, a prophetic revelation, so to speak, from a, a book or something like this. I don't have to have a special revelation of that. We... we we are told from the Word of God that, that this hour would come as we get to the return of Christ. There's no confusion about what the people of God, the redeemed of the Lord, should be doing in this hour. The Bible says in 2 Peter 3.11, this whole chapter is dealing with end times things. It goes all the way through the, the new heaven and earth and kind of lumps it all together. But he's speaking, Peter, 
by the Holy Ghost is speaking to Christians in His day and in our day. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? He's, he's putting the question out and answering the questions. He's telling us by the Word of God, seeing that all this is going to happen. It's going to happen not like you think or you think or you think or I think. It's going to happen like God says it's going to happen. Seeing that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be? So he's telling us in all holy conversation, that means lifestyle. That's actions and words and speech and so forth. And godliness. So he's telling us already how to be. And so there's no confusion or uncertainty about, as a believer, what should be my mindset in this hour? What should be my, my purpose? What should be my, should I be serving the Lord? What, what about, you know, it's all very clear. We're called to be salt. We're called to be light. And, and we're called to take courage and confidence in God's ability and His grace and His strength in His power, in His wisdom, in His goodness to, to fit us for the ministry of this hour. We are to have a trust in our rock for now and forever. I want to read a couple more scriptures as we bring this to a close. But First Chronicles 2.32, speaking about the different tribes of Israel in this hour, it says, And the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. It says the heads of them, of them were 200 and their brethren were at their commandment. And so there was this tribe of Israel that the Bible chooses to reveal to us that in this time, they had an understanding of the times. They knew what was going on and to know what Israel ought to do. We understand what's happening and we know what we're supposed to do as a nation and as a people. And all the people, they had their 200 leaders of that, that tribe. And it says all their brethren, all the rest of the tribe were basically at their disposal. They were at their commandment to be used the way that they were to be used at that time. I think it's a wonderful analogy. I understand we're not Israel, but the people of God ought to, everyone from the least to the greatest, ought to have an understanding of the day in which they live. We ought to have an understanding of the times, biblically, biblically speaking, of the times in which we live. And we ought to understand from the Word of God and the Spirit of truth who lives in us, we ought to understand what we ought to do. This is where we're going to find, you're not going to find it from a prophecy book. Nothing wrong with those. But it has to, it's going to come from the Word of God. Amen? We, we, ought, we ought to be people that have wisdom, to understand the times and what we ought to do. And here's what I believe. I believe we ought to fall on our knees before Him, before the Lord. And then when we get up off of our knees, I believe we ought to open our mouths and speak of His glory. David said, I believe, therefore have I spoken. Speak by faith. Speak what you know. Speak what you're convinced and convicted of in your own heart. What the Spirit of truth has made real to you. And stay within that. And God will give you more truth. Go to the Lord in prayer. Lead and encourage others to come to Him in prayer, to come to know Christ. Lean upon Him. Stand upon Him. Stand upon His eternal Word. God 
God makes no mistakes. Amen. There's no coincidences with the Lord. There's no coincidences in his mighty plan. He has chosen for us. As his children to be saved and to be saved and living for him as a saved man, and woman, or young person in this time, not a different time. He's chosen for us to be saved and he's chosen us to, chosen to be us to be saved and live for him at this time, not another time. He has equipped his people. He always has. He always will. He's equipped us for this time. He's equipped us for the task that's ahead of us, even though we don't see it all. We don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but he has equipped us for it. He wants men to be born again at this time. Right now, today, in the midst of the coronavirus, he wants people to be saved. He wants believers to testify of him. He wants believers to preach his saving gospel and to do exploits at this time. He is well able to strengthen us. He is well able to live through us if we will believe him to do it. Amen. He is well able. He wants us to believe him to do it. I'm closing with this scripture from uh, the book of Esther in the Old Testament. We just, I wish we could do 10 lessons on it and maybe one day we will, but for just for our purposes here tonight or at the service at this time, there was a time where Israel is in captivity first to the Babylonians and then the Persians and his people, the Jewish people, were still, there were those still trying to serve God. And they had an enemy named Haman, who was in the government, who had the king's ear, and passed a decree that all the Israelites should be killed in one day. And everything that they had should be taken. And taken for a spoil. A whole nation of people within a nation killed and destroyed in one day. It was nothing but Satan using this plan and this strategy. The plan was found out. And the answer was resolved, but the answer was arrived in through prayer and fasting. But Mordecai, the Jew, spoke to his, Esther, his, his niece and queen at that time, and it said this, For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then, there sh- then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And this is the part I want us to look at. I know you've heard it before. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? I believe without doubt that the church of God in in America and around this world, that we have been saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and commissioned and equipped and called for such a time as this. This is not our time to retreat and ball up in a, in a corner somewhere and hope that the storm passes over. This is our time to beseech the Lord to walk in His ways, to, to walk in wisdom, to walk as light in the midst of a crooked and dark and perverse generation, and for Christ to win men to Himself through our testimony, through His gospel coming through our lives, through the love of God being seen in our lives, through the faith and the hope that others see in us, and we're not panicking like they are. We've been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. I believe that. However long this, this lasts, it may not last long, it may last longer than we think. Whatever, that'll come and go. This is still the time God's called us 
to be His people on the earth. And I want to be that. Amen. I want you to be that. I'm going to pray for you. And we're going to pray together. And let's pray. Find a place. Make an altar where you are. Grab the hand of your spouse. Get them on your knees by yourself. Make an altar with your children. And find a place and let's worship the Lord and call upon Him. Father, we come before You. In the mighty name of Jesus. God, we believe that You have brought us to the kingdom, the kingdom of God on the earth for such a time as this. God, You didn't rapture us already. You could tomorrow, but You haven't yet. That means we're still here. We're still saved. And there's a still lost world around us, God. I do pray You would protect us. I pray You protect those, those that concern us. I pray You keep, this, keep us from sickness and injury and harm. I pray that You would give us wisdom, that You would make us wise as serpents and harmless as doves. I pray You would have mercy upon our country and our land, God. I pray You would bring this to a speedy end, God. I pray You'd have mercy on those that this, uh, probably all of us to some degree, that it's going to affect financially. You would, you would be our provider, Jehovah Jireh. And Lord, we trust You to do that. But Lord, use us for Your glory. Don't let us cuddle up in fear and curl up in fear and withdraw. Use us as You would have us to be used for Your glory in this hour. We praise You. Fill us with a fresh new fill of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we need You, God. We praise You and we thank You. Be magnified. Light of the world. Shine in this darkness and shine through our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.